Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 288, and today is going to be our 10th installment of our Moving Diaries series, where basically what we're going to do today is after living in Orlando next to Disney for exactly a year now, We're going to go through some of the questions that you guys have sent in to us, either on Facebook, Instagram, texting us, whatever it might have been. We have tons and tons of questions. We're going to try to get through as many as we can today, and we think it'll be fun. It will be fun. And I think if you haven't listened to Moving Diary number 9, Monday's episode beforehand, I would maybe go listen to that one first. We talk about a lot of just kind of our thoughts, our reflection on a year living in Orlando. And then this one could potentially be our last moving diary episode. I teased it last episode and then we never talked about it. So at the end of this one, we're going to talk about (laughs) what the moving diary could be going forward that we want your feedback on. So let's just go ahead and get started. We're going to rattle off these questions, answer them the best that we can. We haven't really looked ahead at them too much. I saw them come in on Instagram a little bit, so maybe I have a little bit of an advantage but I know I tried to just peek at them real quick because I didn't want to be completely thrown off, but they're great questions, things that have definitely made me think. So let's start with the top three choices of places to live near Orlando slash Disney. So I think we might have some overlap here, but we can both answer if you have anything differently. I would say it's hard to answer this because we don't know everybody's budget. Which is a huge factor, obviously. I would say budget aside, I would say Windermere, Winter Garden, and Horizons West. That's kind of a cop-out answer because Horizons West is technically part of it is Windermere and part of it is Winter Garden. (laughs) But it's unincorporated area. But if you want to get more specific, I think the Hamlin area of Winter Garden is super nice and up and coming. And if you're looking for maybe a more budget-friendly options, I would say Claremont and Davenport are your places to look there. Would you add any other cities to that? No, that's kind of where I was going to go too. So, you know, if you have really heavily considered looking into moving towards Disney, Winter Garden is one that does come up a lot. It's a super popular area. It's painfully cute. I mean, everything about it, lots of walking, lots of good restaurants, everything that you would probably want, but it does come with a price tag. And it is huge geographically. So if you feel like you've seen all of Winter Garden, you probably haven't. Which is true. You can't just find something with a Winter Garden address and think that you're getting the cute stuff because you might not be. It's a big it's a big area. So again, the biggest thing that we did when we moved down is just drive through the areas that we were interested in just to kind of give ourselves a feel for what things would look like, where grocery stores would be. How far would it be from Disney? What do the surrounding neighborhoods or areas look like? Um, Because we thought that that was all important, traffic, different things like that. 
But I do think going west towards Claremont and Davenport, the Four Corners kind of area, could be a great option if you're not trying to spend Winter Garden money. The trade-off for that is Claremont. There's not really a direct route to Disney right now. They are building that infrastructure up, and hopefully it'll be easier to get to Disney in the future. You do have to kind of go around, either north or south right now. And the downside to Davenport is there are some back roads you can take, but a lot of places really to get anywhere in Orlando, you have to take I-4 to some extent. Though it might, obviously work location is a big factor. If you are working in Orlando, which is something that we never even had to consider, you're probably going to want to go even farther east, which would be maybe Winter Park, an area like that, which is another great area. Painfully cute. Painfully cute again. Amazing restaurants. We were just there a few weekends ago and we loved it, but it is, it's closer to Orlando. So again, it's going to be a little bit busier and that just wasn't an area that we researched. So I'm not sure if this is helping to answer your questions. Maybe the good, you know, answer to all of this is that there are so many good areas to kind of look into that, you know, I think you need to be realistic about your price point coming down and then go from there. I think there's an area for everyone, basically. Well said. Of course. Next question is, have you been to the parks as much as you anticipated before moving? I had to think about this one. I would say yes, because even with the reservations and kind of everything else that's been going on, I feel like we maximize our park time. You know, we do go pretty much every weekend that we have availability or we go during the week, like after school, you know, we've talked about getting to go just randomly, even if it's just for a few hours. And that's kind of always what we envisioned. I honestly don't think I could go any more often, you know, during when school is in session. During this first week of summer, we have been almost every single day though. Yeah. So, you know, you can't possibly go more than that unless we did go every single day. And that just hasn't been in the cards for us. And I don't think that's ever what we anticipated either. I think I would agree with everything you said. I mean, of course, you'd always like to imagine that you could go more often. But truthfully, I feel like a lot of times we learn our limits pretty quickly. Like Very to, quickly. Today, we actually thought about going and we had went three or four straight days and we just couldn't do it. We slept in today, moseyed around the house. And so it kind of got the best of us to a certain extent. But I would say something that slowed down throughout this year is we have done less and less dining at Disney. Part of it is because we realized how much money we were spending. A lot. Dining. A lot. And the other part of it is we've just learned the neighborhoods more and we want to try more things in Orlando, I think. Mm-hmm. But all in all... I feel like our Disney consumption is way up and it's the perfect level. I do want to, the question actually reads, have you been to the parks as much as you anticipated? The flip side of that is universal. We are going way, way more often than I ever thought we would. I'm trying to think about that because we don't go terribly frequently. I'd say two times a month, probably. Probably two times a month. And I feel like for us, that's enough. It's a longer drive from where we are. 
we are closer to Disney. That was the main thing that we looked for when we were choosing a location. And yeah, I mean, I feel like we get good use of our pass, but we don't frequent there often. Next question is any new Floridian hobbies or traits since you've moved? Yes, actually. So Brendan enjoys playing golf and he knew that moving down something that he had talked about probably the whole year as we were anticipating moving down is that he wanted to join the Disney. What do they call it? Players club. The players club, (laughs) which is for golfing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you specified. You think it's like a, you you never know. It, it sounds a little risque, but it's for golfing. And basically what it is, it's like a golf membership where you have access to the different courses on Disney property and you get to play for a discounted rate. So he joined automatically. We bought it for your birthday. I'm pretty sure. So you've had it since October and you got good use out of it. And me sitting at home by myself or riding along in the golf cart was not as fun. So I actually decided that I was going to learn how to play golf. I'm not great. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I hit a lot of balls that do not go where I want them to go. But that's been my Florida hobby. And I've enjoyed it, actually. I I, I think our golf playing has went up. Normally, back in Tennessee, I maybe would have played six times a year, maybe. Six to ten times a year. I really didn't go as often as I wanted to. Now we go three, four times a month, I yeah, feel like. I feel like on my spring break, so in March, that week alone, I think we went twice. Just because it's honestly one of the cheapest things we can do at Disney now, which is weird to say. And we can probably do a full episode on the Players Club and all the courses in the future if anybody's interested in that. But just the high level, I know the silver membership, which is the cheapest one, is around $350 for the full year. And then every time we want to go play, if we want to play the 18 whole courses, it costs us $15. And right now, this time of year, we have to go after 3 p.m. That changes throughout the year on what time that Players Club can start playing. And if we want to play the nine-hole walking course, that is $5. Mm -hmm. And the $15 includes a cart on the 18 whole courses as well. So, I mean, yeah, for a Saturday, spending 30 bucks... You can't beat it. We get free range balls so we can go practice beforehand. You do get free group clinics as well. We've never partaken in those. We probably should, but we haven't. We need to. We did talk about that this summer. That was something that we wanted to do. It's basically just group lessons. We're not sure how great they are, but it sounded appealing. And kind of just the last thing I'll say about the Walt Disney World golf courses is especially the walking course which sounds worse than it actually is. It's really not that bad. I like it. It is very approachable to people of all skill levels. So I know a lot of people are very intimidated by playing full rounds of golf. You know, it's hard to get off the driving range and step on that first tee box. Still me. But Disney, I think, is one of the most welcoming and, you know, best places to try it out. Now, Should you slow down the pace of play so much that you're affecting the group behind you? No. You might have to pick up your ball sometimes. But Disney's not a place that's going to be a a macho man, beat your chest kind of environment, I don't think. Yeah, because that's what people think of when they think about golf. Some places are like that. 
You get ridiculed if you're not hitting at 300 yards. I'm pro pick up the ball and put it somewhere better. (laughs) I play a lot like that, but it makes it more enjoyable. So the next question would be, what was the most surprising culture shock? So we did have in our notes for last episode, and we never actually got to it because we went so long, was about the difference in diversity and culture and ethnic groups and everything compared to where we lived in Tennessee and moving down here. And I have found it so wonderful. It has been so great to hear different languages spoken and eat different food and to meet people from all over the world and all different backgrounds. It's something that you don't really realize how sheltered you are until you break free of it, I don't think. Well, and that's why, you know, so many people enjoy traveling because you get to experience that. And it's interesting living in Orlando where, like Brendan said, this is where everyone comes to vacation. You get to kind of experience that. A lot of people who live in Orlando are not from Florida. You know, they were not born and raised here. They're from different parts of the country. They're from different countries. And like Brendan said, they bring their food, their different holidays, you know, religions, whatever it might be. And then you get to experience that, which is really cool. Like in our neighborhood this past weekend, there was actually a traditional Indian wedding. Mm -hmm. And so they were posting in the neighborhood the night before, like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear a lot of honking, you know, as we send the bride off, you're going to hear this. They were like dancing down the street and all these really cool things that just where we had grown up, we never got to experience that. Not that it wasn't there, but we never experienced it quite the way that we have here. And it's been fun. It has been fun. The flip side of that is something we were kind of, I don't know if worried is the right word, but especially me being from Tennessee, like born and raised in Tennessee, you kind of get hyped up your whole life about, you know, Southern manners and, you know, this is how you treat people. And I was kind of curious if that would transfer down to Florida with it not like not Florida's, being the South. Yeah, it's not the South. Do they have Southern hospitality? Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. And yeah, I think they do. I mean, I think I'm not missing it. No, I think everywhere that we've been and everyone that we've encountered has been friendly. I mean, I guess no one's like going out of their way to talk to you, but hello. The whole time we've lived here, we've been in a pandemic. So people aren't really talking to strangers right now. And I think it's been great. I mean, I don't think we've encountered anyone unfriendly. I will say, I don't know if this falls into culture shock, but it's true when they say the drivers are crazy. Everyone is lost. No one knows where we're going. On the way home, we always know, always, always, always that people are going to get in the turning lane that's not actually the turning lane that they want to be in. It happens 99% of the time, and it's just because they're lost. You, just you leave, can't be you, mad you, at them. You leave room because you know they're coming back. Yeah, they're going to realize that they're in the wrong lane. So just lots of that, but again, that probably shouldn't come as a shock. I'd say the drivers are more aggressive here than in Tennessee, but Tennessee was getting to that point as well. I didn't, I've never driven much, so. Well, yeah, I drove in downtown Nashville a lot more than you. So. Yeah. But I had nothing too notable. Nope. Next question, and it's something that we discussed in length in 
last episode is, has it been difficult making friends? I don't think we need to rehash a lot of the same conversation we've already had. I think the simple way of putting it, it's not been more difficult. I think it's taken longer than we expected. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're talking about friendships, that's something that has to be cultivated over a long period of time. You know, you can't just meet someone one time and be best friends. You know, you have to get to know people, hang out with them, and give yourself opportunities to meet people. And it has been a struggle. You know, it's something that we've been vocal about. It hasn't been a walk in the park, but we're getting there and we're happy. Yep. Next question is something that surprised you about Florida living, i.e. animals and bugs. We, I'm going to speak for you. (laughs) We collectively are the world's biggest alligator fans now. We look for them everywhere. I love alligators. And it's such a thrill. I want to see one every day. I don't know if this part of us is ever going to leave because we just think it's the coolest thing ever. Like who would think that going on a walk, you could just see an alligator and it's happened to us before. And it's an absolute thrill. They're not, you know, a lot of people are scared of them and we are scared to a certain extent for our dogs, but we do have a fenced in backyard. I would be shocked if a gator got in our backyard. I don't know why they would want to. It'd have to be a little one. Uh, they can climb, but that's they it. can climb. Yeah, there's a no. Yeah, there's videos of them like no ninety degree climbs. A gator? It'd be hard to climb on our vinyl fence, but if we have a chain link, they can definitely climb those. I'm gonna have nightmares. No, but they're they're basically just if you don't bother them, they won't bother you. Gators are not naturally aggressive. Are you ready to move on or are you shook? I think I'm shook. We are huge gator fans. We've become You've big bird be very fans. Very careful saying that. People are going to think we're Florida gator fans. Like alligator, wild, crocodile, Dundee type alligators. Okay. Not University of Florida. No. But we like the birds. There's a lot of birds. Sandhill cranes. Sandhill cranes. We name. Every animal that we see, because, like, where are we? Just, I don't know. It's awesome. We had a few palmetto bugs when we first moved in, but we haven't seen any recently. That was terrifying. They're basically flying cockroaches. It was awful. There was one in our bedroom. A pro to living here is we didn't get any cicadas. That's true. I think if you're moving down here, you need to find yourself a good pest control company Stick with them. Become their best friends. In the first year that we've lived here, I feel like we've had just normal bug things with new construction. They've come out a few times. Fire ants was our biggest issue. Ooh, that was a that was bad, bad, bad. We were moving the grill one time, and I wasn't wearing shoes because I didn't think it was a big deal. And I stepped right into a fire ant patch. And Catherine thinks I was being dramatic That was the worst pain I've ever had in my life. It was a little dramatic, but I'm not discounting your feelings. I'm sorry that happened to you. I can't remember what we ended up putting on it. It was like peanut butter or something stupid. Oh my gosh. No, it was not. Okay. It was not peanut butter. I don't know what it was, but I had to Google something super fast. Again, kind of dramatic, but I feel like our bug, snake, rodent, 
issues have been very normal. Nothing that we didn't experience in Tennessee. There's a lot of bugs in Tennessee too. Getting a screened in porch was probably the best thing that we ever did because we like being outside. There's a lot of nice weather, especially in the evenings and a screened in porch was a game changer. Last thing I'll say about this is moving down here. I was deathly afraid of snakes. I've always had, I wouldn't call it a phobia, but a healthy fear of snakes growing up. And one of the best things I ever did, it seems counterintuitive, but it really worked was I joined the what snake is this Florida Facebook group. And so people take pictures of the snakes that they see and the experts get on there and tell you uh, what kind of snake it is, if it's venomous or not. And it's really helped because now I feel like if I see one, I know if I see a black racer, that's a nice guy. He's going to eat mice around our house. And I will know how to see a cottonmouth or a rattlesnake if I need to. And luckily we have not. Correct. So our next question is, what is something that you thought was going to happen when you moved to Florida, but didn't? Thought I'd see more snakes. Yeah, I did expect a bigger bug problem. I also, I don't know if this is a bad thing to say because we're rounding that time of year again, but I did expect more severe weather problems, mostly hurricane related, um, just because that's something that's not really something that you can predict, but we did prepare for it, which is important. And luckily we didn't really have to deal with that this year. I guess maybe the only other thing that comes to my mind was I thought that we would incorporate a lot more of the theme parks in Orlando. I thought we'd go to SeaWorld. I, I honestly thought we might even take a trip to Legoland or Bush Gardens in Tampa. That's just never even been something that we've really considered so far. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We've been here for a year, but almost everything that we've done has been Disney-oriented. And that's not really a shock by any means, but there is still so much of Orlando for us to explore that like going into year two, I feel like, I mean, we could go somewhere different every weekend and probably still not get through everything. And that's exciting. Next question is how are the puppers and can they come to Hooper's B-Day potty? Of course. Potty as in P-A-W-T-Y. I, I can say party. But we choose not to in this case. So this is from our good friend Josh in his Corgi Hooper, which I, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first non-family member Corgi that Louie and Loki met. It is. Yeah. They like making friends. Hooper was a great playmate. So we would love for them to go to the birthday party. Potty. (laughs) But Louie and Loki are wonderful. We talked about a little bit last episode. They have loved Florida. Yeah, they've adjusted well. I kind of expected them to. Um, They're pretty easygoing. They're not super high maintenance. The cat's life has drastically improved by the (laughs) patio. She would, back in Tennessee, we didn't let her outside. She was a stray before we got her, so we were always afraid about her running away. But um, she would sit in any window that she could possibly find, Mm -hmm. suntan all day long. So we knew she wanted fresh air and to be outside. At one point, we even looked into like getting a little outdoor cat tent type thing in Tennessee just to get her some outside time because she wanted it so badly. So this patio has been amazing for her. We all love the patio. 
We call it the catio quite often because she claims it as her own. It is hers. So the next one, does living so close to the parks make it lose some of the magic? This was probably our most asked question. I don't think so. But before I would have said, no way. There's no way possible. I do see how it could be possible now as a local. I think you have to be careful. It's one of those where you kind of like what we mentioned earlier, you have to listen to yourself. If you're feeling not over it, because I don't think we were over it today, but if you just know, like, I'm not feeling it today, we need to get other things done, or it's too hot, it's too rainy, I'm not going to enjoy it, then that would be a scenario where it's best to just stay away for the day. Because if you kind of force yourself into it, it can be unenjoyable, just like anything else. If you don't want to do something, or if your heart's not in it, and you force yourself to do it anyway, then it's not fun. And that's not how you want to feel about the parks. I also think that you will quickly realize that there are so many more things that you have never experienced. We were just talking today about we've never been to Liberty Tree. To, Again, all restaurants. Yeah, we've never been to Liberty Tree, to Skipper Canteen, or there was somewhere else. The Plaza. The Plaza Restaurant. Never been to any of those in Magic Kingdom. So that's things that we can prioritize when we go back to the parks. I've never been to Tom Sawyer Island. Oh, that's a shame. But if you go into it and you do the same thing every day, then yeah, I think you could start to see some of it dwindle away. But if you keep it fresh and you go into it knowing that, hey, like sometimes I'm just going to go and I just want to hear the music or I just want to people watch or I want to see the Mickey Cavalcade and that's, you know, that's what I'm here for today. Or I want to eat this snack. I think when you set yourself up for success, then the magic is still 100% there and intact. It's maybe a little bit different, but it's still there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you don't get the same kind of magic and anticipation of planning a trip. And we've missed that. We're going on vacation this week for the first time since last March. And we are over the moon excited because we have not been on a vacation, you know? So we haven't had that experience. And I do think that's part of the magic that we've been missing out on. So Disneyland is going to be super exciting. But everything else is still there. Next question is, what is the most Florida thing that has happened to you? So this, the scenario that I have in my mind happened super, super quickly after we moved here. And we didn't realize how unique it was. We saw a baby gator walking down the road. Again, our obsession with gators. He was 10 feet away from us. And we had no idea how rare that was. Mm-hmm. But I'd say that's pretty Florida. Yeah, that screams Florida. I'm trying to think of any other typical Florida things. We haven't been to Gatorland. I mean, I feel like what made me feel the most Florida was getting our driver's license and our license plate. That's a question later on. Oh, is it? Yeah. Dang. See, this is what I get for not looking ahead. I guess that's all I have. Next question is, is summer unbearable? Yes and no. I'm but leaning towards yes. 
honestly, we've decided recently that during the day is just best for us to stay inside. And I don't know if that's sad or if that's smart, but we have come to the conclusion that it's hard to be at the parks or anywhere outside in the middle of the day. And we're just much happier, again, if we just go in the morning or at night when we don't feel like we're miserable. I think a healthy way of looking at it is that probably wherever you're from, you have a pretty harsh winter, you know, whether it's a short winter like in Tennessee, like we had, or somewhere like Michigan or Ohio, where you guys have a very long drawn out winter. You have to stay inside for most of that. And typically during that, you can't go outside during any point of the day and enjoy anything. Unless you're sledding. Unless you're sledding (laughs) or building a snowman. But here, even though it's unbearable during the middle of the day, you do still get that relief in the mornings and at night. I can tell you right now, we're recording after 10 p.m. On my computer, it says it's 76 degrees outside. That would be perfect. That's perfect catio time. Yes. Perfect. I mean, we could still be walking around Epcot right now. It's still open. It would be super enjoyable. It would be. Next, looking back, would you have done anything differently? That is such a loaded question. I, w- I want to say no. I mean, of course, there's always little things. It's like, you know, could we have done this? Could we have been in a different area? Could we have gotten a bigger house? But I feel like all the decisions that we made at the time were so intentional. You know, Brendan made a spreadsheet. We did do lots of research. And I feel like we did make the best decisions that we could. Again, our only, only, only goal was just to get down here, not to find a forever fix to anything. It was just to get down here, just to be close to Disney. And we were successful. And I don't want to rehash it because we've talked about it in previous episodes. I would choose a different lender for our mortgage, but that's about it. Yeah, but sometimes I even think to myself, would I? Because we saved money and we're pretty cheap. Sometimes you have to deal with a bunch of fill in the blank to get the no closing cost. (laughs) And that's exactly what we did. You pay for it, not with money, but with emotional distress. (laughs) With a traumatic experience. And um, in the hotel parking lot. And hope for forgiveness for all of the curses that you sent up for that day. Yes. But we made it. But we made it. And I do think it worked out. So I guess to answer the question, no, I don't think I would do anything differently. Next question is, how do I, how do I convince my wife to move to Walt Disney World? Well, you see, <laughs> you have to start early. I did this. Planting the seed of... We need to move, basically. I did plant the seed very, very early. Probably pretty quickly after we got married, I started talking about it. And you kind of have to understand our backgrounds. You moved a lot growing up. Mm -hmm. I lived in the same city my entire life. And I always knew that I wanted to get out at some point. And I knew that we needed to do it, you know, while we were still young adults to be able to do it at this stage in our life. So, yeah, I don't think, did I do like overly convincing or do you think I just planted the seed and then eventually you came to the same realization that I did? 
<laughs> I feel like what happened was we just kept talking about it. And it was almost like a light bulb just kind of clicked that, you know, if we were really going to do it, if this was ever really going to happen, then we just needed to do the dang thing. You know, it was just like, why do we keep talking about this and putting it off if this is something that we want to do, something that might potentially make us happier or at least if it doesn't make us happier, at least we can say we tried. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the ultimate thing that we came to is that let's try it. If we hate it, it's something that we can undo. Nothing is permanent. You know, if we have to move back in with one of our parents and put our tail between our legs, then we can do that. But it was basically like this is a scratch that's not going to go away until we itch it. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's kind of how we viewed it. So the next question is, was it the right decision or do you have any regrets? So do you have any regrets is probably the same answer as would you have done anything differently? And I think the answer is no. But was it the right decision? Kind of the same question, but I do think you can attack it from a little bit of a different way of, you know, there may be multiple roads to success or multiple roads that would have worked out for us. Do you think we took the right path? And I do. I think we needed this. I think we needed to get out of our bubble, get out of your comfort zone. And I feel like you can, you know, a lot of people do that in different ways. But for us to really feel kind of the freedom that we were looking for and that Brendan was really looking for was that we just had to get away from kind of what was comfortable even though we were moving to Disney, which is very comfortable to us, the whole packing up everything, moving everything, I mean, everything was so uncomfortable. But I think it was good for us as adults, if that makes sense. Like this was the first, not the first big adult thing that we did, but the first big thing that we've actually done together on our own. Yeah. I saw this on somebody's stories today and I wish I could remember who it was. So I apologize if this was on your story. I'm not giving <laughs> you credit. But someone said like, does it ever, and it had some vulgarity in it, so I'm going to censor it. But it was basically, does it ever mess with you knowing that there are people who are no longer part of your life, but all their memories are on these previous versions of you? That they have a, they that you have grown and grown past that but they still think of you that way. And I think it made, it reminded me a lot of why I felt like I needed to get out of Tennessee was because I felt like I had put in all this work to change and to grow and to, you know, build this life that we have together. But, you know, I was still being reminded of, remember that thing you said in 11th grade on the baseball team or like whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And I just couldn't, deal with that anymore. Maybe that's not the right way of putting it. I was just looking for something new somewhere where there weren't like previous versions of you. Not that I was ever a jerk. I was, I mean, you I, weren't. I'd like to say I was a very nice guy, <laughs> but I'm sure maybe some of you can relate to that, that it was just kind of, it was so refreshing to come into a city where nobody knew you and clean slate 
you don't have to deal with who knows your parents and, you know, anything that goes along with that. But at the same time, it is a little scary because you are having to actually figure out who are you, not to this person versus this person, or who am I at school versus who am I, you know, with this friend from high school, but like, who am I actually going to be? And I think we're still going through some of that. Yeah. So we'll have to report back. <laughs> Next are, what are some of the things that were different than what you imagined, good or bad? Hmm. Bad would be that some of our favorite restaurants we cannot find. There's not a tzatziki's within a one-hour radius. Um, I think the closest is an Akoi. Mexican food we talked about this before, is very hard to find. We love cheap Mexican. And we were told before we moved down here that there wouldn't be like cheap Mexican like we were used to in Tennessee, and we didn't believe them. We doubted it. We didn't believe you. We did not take advantage while we had the opportunity. So that's on us. We, <laughs> we are at fault for that. Um, but, I mean, those are silly things. Bad... I don't know. I think good for me is my work situation has been immensely better than what I could have hoped for. I feel like my coworkers are amazing people and they're Disney lovers too. So that gives us a lot to talk about. And it was just a great year. And I feel like moving into a new school and a new situation you never know how it's going to go. You don't truly know what you're walking into until you're there. So I feel like that's been the good, and that was the biggest thing that I was worried about. Yeah, it's just some other things that are different. And this, I guess this falls under the category bad. We don't go. We haven't been home to Tennessee as often as we thought we would. A lot of that we're just based on our own restrictions for our safety, so we didn't feel comfortable flying for a while. And other than that, I mean, I think the the good, I never imagined that, I knew that we'd always have people coming in town. Hey, I'm coming to Orlando, coming to Disney. I never imagined that we would be kind of looking forward to those things so much. So, you know, we have friends in North Carolina and in Chicago and in D.C. and, you know, all over the place that we had those internet friends before, but now it's just so much easier to meet up. And in New York, you know, like, now they're real life friends. Cause we actually see them in real life. And I never thought that that would be an aspect of our social life of, you know, basically crashing people's vacations, <laughs> you know, invited, mostly. not like completely crashing. Mostly. Mostly. Anything else that you can think of? I guess that's everything. So next question is, how many research trips did you take before deciding on your area? Just one. I was going to say that's an interesting story because we knew it was going to happen. So we kind of decided in August that we were going to make it happen the next summer. So we basically had a full year of planning. We scouted things out in March and truly, when we say scouted out, we had already 
narrowed down our areas. So we only drove through a few places and just kind of made our decision off of that. And then, I mean, everything just shut down. So we didn't have another choice, basically. And so I don't know if it was a good or bad thing, but we basically priced ourselves out of a lot of neighborhoods and a lot of cities. And so Which, we didn't even entertain the idea of driving through some areas because we knew that we would fall in love with them and put ourselves into a dilemma. So we only scouted out places that we knew we could afford. Which is smart, I think, to a certain extent because... And we were very conservative with our budget too, which I think was good. Because we we are the people who we had a beer budget and we could not go look at the champagne. We had to stick with what we knew we could afford. I have never heard that expression before. Are you a, a beer... What is it? Beer budget on like a champagne something? I mean, yeah, I get the reference. I've just never heard that before. Where oh my gosh, that? that is a normal saying. <laughs> Not in my house. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anywho. My parents barely drink, so maybe that's why. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, but we knew that if we looked at it, we'd fall in love. We'd bend, we'd bend our limits, I guess, to make it happen, and then we'd be in some problems. So how it worked out for us is that we did our scout trip and we rented our car and we had it. We drove around. We immediately drove to some areas that we thought were going to be really high on our list that immediately we both drove to and like, this is not what we want. Not that they were bad. It was just like, this is not really what we're looking for. This is not what we're imagining. Mm -hmm. Where we ended up buying was an area that wasn't really on our radar too much, but we drove through it, and we immediately both said, like, this would be ideal. Mm-hmm. But even at that point in time, we thought that it was out of our budget. Or we we hadn't known what was truly here, I guess, because we did just kind of stumble into it. So even if you do think you have your areas narrowed down, kind of like what we did, drive just a little bit outside of that maybe to see what else is in kind of still that same area, which is still probably going to be within your price range, but maybe just what new developments are there. Because I will say this area around Orlando is growing rapidly. Tons of new construction, absolutely everywhere. New things popping up all the time. Every time we drive somewhere, we see something new that's being built. So I think... Whether you're looking to buy or rent or find an apartment, there are so many options. So if you just keep driving maybe just a little bit past where you think you want to be, I think that could help you out too. And so basically we drove through this area that we're in, fell in love with it, went home thinking like, okay, we'll just keep our eye out. Like maybe something will pop up between, that was in March, so between now and June when we got to make this happen. And we just kept checking back, and finally something popped up that was just barely out of our budget, but we made it work. But when he says barely out of our budget, he's saying like $2,000. Still out of budget. <laughs> and it it was almost meant to be at that point, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was – we. it's funny because we love to research things. We're very – like, Brendan's very much spreadsheet happy – And we make lists and everything's color-coded. 
and we like to play it safe, but it's almost like when we make up our mind, we make up our mind and that is it. That's what we're going with. So we just kind of made up our mind and that's what we went with. We never even second guessed it, which is why it's so interesting now to get questions like, well, what would you have done differently? Or do you have any regrets? Because we were so sure in what we were doing that it's almost hard to think that way, if that makes sense. Next question. Next question. So this was the one that I already started to answer, but what was the process like getting your new driver's license? Some say it's easy. Some say it's a pain. What was your experience? So tip number one, where you're from, they probably (laughs) called this office a DMV, and that's what it was in Tennessee. It really threw us for a loop that in Florida, these are called tax collector's offices, is where all of this business takes place. So yeah, so when you're looking up where you need to go, if you type in DMV, you're going to get nothing. So you need to find your closest tax collector's office. And so our county... At the time that we did this during COVID, now we've heard that this is no longer the case in a lot of areas, they were doing appointments. Mm -hmm. And so we made back-to-back appointments for both of us to go in, get our driver's license, and get our car registrations. And they had a very thorough checklist on every single thing that you needed. All of the documentation. Print it out beforehand, fill it out. Put it in a little folder. Bring your credit card, basically, was the only thing. The only tip that I would say is that if you have multiple cars, which at the time we did, you need to take the cars physically there to the tax collector's office because they need to check the VIN numbers. Now, because it was COVID, they just had me go out and take a picture, and then she looked at the timestamp to know that I just took it like 15 seconds ago, which is a little weird, but... But typically, they would walk out with you to your car. So, for example, if we both went together and carpooled, we would not have been able to get both of our cars registered because the car would not physically be there. Now, I don't know the reasoning behind that, but that's the way that they do it. So, I would just say do as much of the legwork on the front end that you possibly can, and it will go smoothly. Yeah, we saw so many people, just like person after person after person, get turned away from getting whatever they were trying to get because they didn't have everything that they needed. So like marriage licenses, you know, proof of addresses, proof of name changes, whatever they're asking for, just make sure you have it or else they will turn you away. Yeah, they don't waste any time. They don't. Uh, The good thing, though, about Florida, which was different than Tennessee, is that they would let us prepay for 18 months on our car tax. So we don't have to go back until the end of this year, Mm -hmm. which was really nice. But so for us, it was painless. I'm sure everyone has horror stories and, you know, in different aspects, but ours was pretty smooth. But I say get that Florida license as soon as you possibly can because it's going to make your life at Disney a lot easier. (laughs) And universal for that matter. That's true. Next question is, do you see yourself staying there permanently? Mm. We throw this out a lot. At this moment that we are recording, the answer would be yes. Just because 
we have had such a good experience so far. Now, it would be a lot better, like Brendan said, if we get to see our family more often because we do miss them. We were used to seeing, like, for example, Brendan's grandma basically every other weekend. This past year, we've seen her twice. Don't remind me. I know. It's it's honestly heartbreaking. So we enjoy being here, and we are, I don't know if happier is fair to Tennessee, but we are happy, and we do enjoy it. And I feel like as long as we feel this way, there's no reason to uproot ourselves again. But in the words of Justin Bieber, never say never. Never say never. Could be California someday. Let's not get carried away. (laughs) Next one is, we've been looking at areas around Orlando, and I was wondering if you have any advice on areas to avoid. Interesting question. And I do have a couple areas to avoid. Just me personally. This is very subjective. And these are things that we've heard, a few things that we've experienced. But again, take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes you need to drive through it to experience it yourself. First one would be Pine Hills, which is an area that you'll see near Winter Garden Windermere. It's like in between the two, which would make it seem like a very desirable area. We have heard otherwise. From local Facebook pages and things that we're part of. Not that we get all of our news from Facebook. We're not those kind of people. But we got to get advice from someone. There's a reason why the homes are very cheap in that area. Yes. No, you could like, have say, an opportunity as a buy low, sell high. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing for that area or not. We would avoid it. Yes. The other area, and this one's very tough to say because it gets very confusing and convoluted, I think, is Kissimmee. Kissimmee is huge. Until (laughs) you really study how big Kissimmee is, you don't realize how gigantic and how much land it actually covers. It basically goes almost all the way to the airport to underneath just south of Disney. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, it's almost that whole area south of Disney. And we talked about Winter Garden being a big area Kissimmee is even larger, and Kissimmee is one of those areas that we've driven through countless times, getting to Disney, exploring around, trying new restaurants, whatever it might be, and there are some areas that are being redone. They're trying to make it up and coming, but then there are other areas that are not so much being redone. And it is very much like the old touristy kind of areas, which again, we're not hating on. We love driving through that area. I love the old touristy areas. It's super nostalgic. It's fun. You get to see the wizard (laughs) and all the other fun gift stores. We just don't want to live there. But when you think about living somewhere, you do want to avoid, you know, lots of rentals, short-term rentals. Um, Again, Bad drivers are usually in the touristy areas because they're lost. That's all it is. They're probably great drivers at home. But but when you're lost, you're a bad driver. You can't look at your phone and listen to Siri and look for signs. I'm sorry. I'm it's not say, possible. Next time we see a bad driver, we're going to pull up and say, I, I know you're a great <laughs> driver in Muncie, Indiana, but here in Orlando, Florida, you are terrible. <laughs> you certainly need to get off the road. But I, 
yeah, I think that's the, we didn't think that short-term rentals would bother us. And we haven't lived next to any short-term rentals. Our neighborhood does not allow them. But now being down here, we've heard so many horror stories. People rent them out for parties, for who knows what. And I feel more comfortable knowing that my neighbors on the left and the right are going to be my neighbors next week and next month (laughs) and so on and so forth. Yes, because it's we enjoy knowing our neighbors. Again, we talked about we might not be friends with our neighbors, but we like knowing that they're there and they would recognize our faces and they're normal people. One of our neighbors tried to enter our house the other day because he pulled into the wrong driveway, which was weird. That Yeah, that was super weird. We won't talk about that. <laughs> um, the other area, and I, 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 it is painfully cute and we love visiting there. I would just be very careful in celebration. We have always talked about that celebration would be an area that we would want to move to. Again, because it's cute. It gives us a lot of like charming feelings. We like to visit there. We like the restaurants there. But we've had we've heard some interesting stories about like the construction of some of the homes. Um, and just little things like that. That, you know, every house is different. I guess just look into it. That's what I say. Just be careful. Because yeah. I a lot of people I think would be super happy in celebration. We would be if we could walk to those restaurants. That would be awesome. That'd be amazing. But if you get a house that's a dud, a lemon, nothing (laughs) you can do about that. Exactly. Next question is biggest areas of growth that you've seen in yourselves and you as a couple in the last year. Hmm. Okay. We kind of talked about it last time. I think my mental health has greatly improved since moving down here. As far as personal growth, I honestly feel like maybe I've taken my foot off the gas. I was super, super about personal development and super and personal growth when we lived in Tennessee, like listening to all the podcasts and reading all the books and doing every single thing to equip my, you know, to take that next step in my career and in our personal life to get the setup that we wanted. I do think now that we've got here, there's been sort of a lingering thing that's probably gone on way too long of like a, ah, we made it. You know? <laughs> this is it. I know. I mean, we joke all the time, like, we live a retiree lifestyle now. Yeah. And so I'd like to get back into that space because I do think that's when I'm, you know, sharper and more creative and but all the have, other things. I'm not going to let you... You have taken up new like opportunities and new hobbies and new growth things. I don't even understand what they are, so I can't even explain what they are. But like trading. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Futures trading. I was going to say, I, I don't know what they are. But like there are different things that I feel like you've still done. And in a lot of the personal growth things that you've always wanted. It's been like creating your own schedule and doing these things. So it's almost like we have kind of taken the foot off the brake. But I feel like it's kind of because we're starting to actually accomplish some of the things that we wanted. Not that that means you just stop. But I do think that's part of the reason. The second part of that question, and then I'll let you answer. 
Catherine is for us as a couple. And I think, like you said earlier, this is the first thing that we've ever done, like completely on our own. There's no one feeding us a couple times a week. Which we loved. There's, you know, nobody taking us to Titans or Predators games a couple times a week and feeding us before. <laughs> Lots of food. But there's also not the, you know, we can call our parents whenever we want to, but there's also not some of the other, you know, avenues. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just us. That's what I'm saying. And I think it's been an adjustment period. I think we're going to be stronger because of it. But it hasn't been completely easy the whole time to just know. It's you and me. You can't escape me. We live in a much smaller house than we used to. You see me every day, all day. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to kind of say, too, is it is just us. You know, my sister's here, obviously. And for a long time, my sister lived with us. So, you know, it was kind of like the three amigos all the time. And then now that she has her own place again, and it is just the two of us, we are leaning on each other a lot more. But we've also almost learned how to be with each other constantly more. I do go to work during the day, but then even during that time, you stay at home and work. So it's not even like you're getting to see other people. It is really just us all the time together. (laughs) We do meet up with some people sometimes. We do. And we've said that. But when it comes down to it, we're having to rely on each other a lot more. We haven't mentioned this. We did sell, I guess I alluded to it. We sold our second car. Because mine sat in the driveway for like, what was it, like six weeks straight? And it, it didn't never move. Moved. And we're like, we don't need this anymore. This is silly. Yeah. So that has, I mean, as silly as that sounds, that's changed some of our stuff too. You know, if I have to go get my hair cut, if you go get your hair cut after school, that's something that we norm, we used to not even, you know, we'd say it in passing. Hey, by the way, I'll be home a little bit later today. Now it's. I need the car from this time (laughs) to this time. So scheduling has been a little bit different. I don't know. I think in the long run, it's going to be, I think we're going to look back and say this was a pivotal point where we really strengthened our marriage. Well, we're doing things for ourselves. You know, we're making our own traditions like at Easter. We didn't have, family or other obligations. We weren't like going from one house to another. It was just kind of us doing our own thing. So it's almost like we're making our own traditions. We're, you know, finding our own ways of doing things. And in that way, it's been kind of freeing for us as a couple too. Do you have anything you want to say for that first part, the biggest areas of growth that you've seen in yourself? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I kind of talked about it earlier. I think just trying to figure out how I'm juggling everything in a new environment and kind of what I want that to look like, or if this is what I want it to look like forever, as far as like what my career might be, or what are other opportunities. So I feel like in that aspect, 
I've kind of for the first time started letting myself think about other things. But other than that, I mean, I don't know if it's bad to say, but no. (laughs) Well, I do think it does kind of go back to one of the things like you don't realize how much you're sheltered and how much yourself has been molded by the people around you until you're away from that. Yeah. And I think we're realizing that now. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a realization that you have to come to. Mm-hmm. Next is, have your favorite parks changed? So, right now, I'm really digging Magic Kingdom, which before we moved down here, Magic Kingdom was mine. I did go through a short spurt where it was Hollywood Studios, but I think I'm back on Magic Kingdom now. I feel like I'm still on the Animal Kingdom train And I feel like it's just because I still just love the feeling that Animal Kingdom gives you. Hot. Well, right now, hot. But just like a calming. I feel like when I'm there, I don't have to run around. There's no strict schedule that I have to adhere to. And it is relaxing. And that's what I like. Next question is follow-up. On the biggest surprises about moving to Florida compared to what surprised you at your two-month post-move episode. Honestly, I don't remember what we said, but... I I know I talked about the sand. Sand, and I think what else we probably talked about was groceries, which there's been a big revelation in our grocery life recently. Oh, yes. Something big. I mean, life-changing. Life-altering life <laughs> happened to us. We were driving through Disney property one day. I'll never forget... We were turning left off of Western Way onto Lake Buena Vista Drive. Very detailed here. Right at the corner of Coronado Springs. And there, stacked up, four, five, six, fifty deep. I don't know how. It was glorious to see. Were Kroger grocery delivery vans. Now, you would have thought that we would have just seen, like, Santa Claus and his reindeer or I something. I almost jumped out of the car and went and kissed that driver on the mouth. <laughs> So Kroger (laughs) was our grocery store in Tennessee that we loved because they're cheap and they're good and they have everything that you could ever want. Tons of organic options. And they don't have one, a physical store in Florida, but they do have a warehouse that we've learned of in Lakeland? Groveland. Groveland. I don't know the difference. One's north and one's south. Perfect. In Groveland... And they will deliver your groceries. It's been way less expensive than Publix for everything that we've needed. They deliver it right to your door. They do it with a smile. There's been no substitutions or anything, no problems that have come from it. It's been great. Kroger delivery. We would highly recommend it. And no, this is not an ad. We just love Kroger. (laughs) (laughs) But if Kroger Delivery would like to sponsor us, uh, we will do it for basically free. Basically free, because we love you. (laughs) But that, so our journey of grocery shopping went Publix first, because we thought that's what you had to do as an obligation as a Floridian. Quickly realized we're going to go bankrupt if we kept shopping there. We switched to Target, which was good. I feel like some of their qualities not as great as a traditional grocery store. Well, and some things were still super expensive. Like their steaks were great. We like to grill. Brendan has a smoker. It's one of the easiest things we can do. They were great, but they were still super expensive. 
So it was just kind of like we we felt like we were saving money, but like were we? I don't know. I don't know if anybody wants specifics, but we bought a four pack, <laughs> a family pack <laughs> of New York strip steaks from Kroger the other day. <laughs> it totaled over two pounds. It was ten dollars. It was ten smackaroonies, Catherine. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Don't that will change our life forever. <laughs> oh, this is why we're never leaving. We love Kroger. But anyway, I feel like I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> what are the biggest updates from our two month episode? Oh, updates. There's still sand everywhere. All the time. It's absolutely amazing how much sand there is in Florida. Um, grass. I don't know if we've talked about grass. It's really hard to grow grass. Which is crazy because it's such a green state. It is. But maybe it's an us thing. Our grass is terrible. I guess that's it. All right. Next question is... Any things that haven't lived up to expectation? I have a silly one that's going to maybe make people's eyes roll. Okay. The speed at which Disney does construction is so <laughs> slow. It pains me sometimes. I guess, yeah. There hasn't been as much new as maybe we would have anticipated. Just kind of looking at what was coming to Disney. I guess for me, and again, this one might be kind of silly too, but something that hasn't quite lived up to the expectation would be the beaches or like the availability of seafood. When you go to Florida, I feel like you expect seafood to be everywhere or I would have expected to go to the beach more often. And the last time we went to the beach, it wasn't that great. I'm quickly realizing that we were spoiled going to Destin. Like the panhandle. I didn't realize how great that area was. I kind of joked about it a lot growing up, that it was kind of dumpy, but it's really nice. It was nice. A PCB, I can do without that, but Destin is where it's at. That's where it's at. So I feel like maybe that hasn't lived up to the expectation, and truthfully, we haven't explored it a ton We are hoping to maybe do some of that more this summer, but that has been one area where it hasn't been that great. Next question is best advice for new movers and how was the drive with your dogs? So I'll answer the dogs part. If you want to answer the other one, I drove with the dogs, just me, Louie and Loki sitting in the back. Actually, we brought two cars. Catherine and her sister had the cat. I was going to say who had the worst of this deal here. Me. Definitely me. I had worse smells. I had the cat. So the dog slept the majority of the way. And thankfully they're pretty much on a routine. So I knew when we needed to stop for a bathroom break for them. Cause they're pretty good about it. And we fed them and gave them their water and they were along the way. And then they slept most of their time. And the, if they weren't sleeping, they were wrestling with each other in the back. Which is what they do at home anyway. And which was leading to more sleep. Yes. So that worked out well. The only real issue is that, you know, it's supposed to be a 10-hour drive. We hit horrible traffic just like 30 minutes away 
from our house. I mean, like shut down, make you turn back the other way kind of traffic. And that I think maybe they could sense my frustration at that point. And so they started getting very restless at that point. And I don't remember if they slept well that night or not. Probably. Probably. I think that's that was the first thing we did was set up their crates and put them to bed. I mean, those were already here Yeah. when we came down because we put those in the moving truck. So I guess speaking of the movers, so best advice for new movers, you need more boxes and more tape than you probably think that you need. So I feel like we bought double what we thought we needed and we needed it all. There's very, very cheap little box cutters that came in our U-Haul packages. We we bought U-Haul boxes to move everything. Just like from Amazon. Yeah, and they just like clipped up. They weren't fancy like a traditional box cutter. They're just made of plastic with a little razor blade inside. Those were amazing. Mm-hmm. Just to open things up real quick or to cut tape off or do whatever you need. So we did, basically what we did is we hired movers our college hunks moving junk to come and pack up the truck for us and then unpack the truck. And for us, that's really all that we needed. We felt somewhat probably overly confident in being able to drive this truck from Tennessee to Florida. We fully embraced the trucker lifestyle. We did. It was great. Kind of scary. Not going to lie. I was terrified when we first left. I, did not know if we were going to make it to Florida or not because it was huge. So maybe before you rent a truck, go see them in person would be a good piece of advice. I'm serious. We did not need that big of a truck. No, we didn't. We had a 26-foot truck, and we probably packed 18 feet of it, if that. Maybe. That's Anywho, we did not need that big of a truck. So we should have gone to look at them. I don't know. Who can tell you what kind of truck you need? <laughs> Maybe that's something that you can Google. But looking into that would be a good piece of advice. But then just the earlier that you can start packing, the better. Not that we procrastinated by any means, but packing is hard. We got the big wardrobe boxes. I think those were useful in packing clothes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and I would just say don't skimp out on cheap labor of, you know, the guys to come and pack and unpack the the box, the box uh, trucks for you. Yes, you can do it, but they're going to do it so quickly and so efficiently, and you tip them very handsomely and thank them that you can carry on with your life without breaking a sweat because they work so fast and so hard. They did, especially the unpacking. That was probably the fastest unpacking ever. And if you have a more easy situation than we did, I don't, you know, maybe you could put up signs that tell them where each of your rooms are or something that, you know, that way you barely even have to tell them where to go. You can just kind of point out the different rooms. But they basically. We told them where to put the boxes. They put the boxes, and then we just spent the next week unpacking, and it was super easy. So we just have a few more questions. Okay. Next one is, where in Disney, either a hotel or a theme park location, do you go the most now that you're local? I have something in mind. 
Okay. You answer, and then I'll tell you if it's the same thing I had in mind. Oh, I was going to let you go first. Where do we go most often? You want me to go? Yeah, you go. Coronado Springs. Yes. Yes to that. I have a screenshot in my phone. We went there so many weekends in a row that we got in the car one weekend, and you know how your phone will tell you where it thinks you're going to go? That's where it thought we were going. You know where mine thought we were going today? Where? Starbucks. (laughs) So we have a problem. But, yeah, I mean, we've fallen in love with Coronado, specifically Three Bridges. Three Bridges has taken over our spot for the best casual slash bar place. It's beaten out. What was your? Geyser Point. Geyser Point. Geyser Point is nice. Three Bridges, even better. So that's a good one. I was going to say we go to, I feel like the park that we went to the most often for a long time was Hollywood Studios. It was that time where it was so hard to get a reservation there and we just kept having good luck. We were basically like, we can't pass this up. Yeah, we have to go. So we went there a ton. We spent a lot of time on the Skyliner and we've honestly gone to Riviera pretty frequently too, the Riviera Resort, just because we like riding the Skyliner and it's easy to get to. Parking at Hollywood Studios, I feel like out of any of the parks, that's the best. Oh yeah, it's the easiest. Because so, sometimes we'll just go, we'll park at Hollywood just to ride the Skyliner. Yeah. <laughs> that that was going to be my second choice. If if it's not Coronado, then it's just the Skyliner in general. Mm-hmm. But now that they're veloting multiple parties in there, it's a little less appealing. It is, honestly. So, I guess you can throw a fit and ask for one. Or you can growl at people and they won't <laughs> ride with you. Next question. What are the pros and cons of moving to Florida? Pros, weather, cons, weather. <laughs> it's very subjective. I love the weather. I am, I mean, I would assume most of you know what I look like. I have red hair and I'm very pale. So I'm typically, you would not equate me with liking Florida. But I really only burned once once we got down here. That was mowing the grass. That wasn't even going to the parks. That was yard work. That was pure overlook on our part. But I think I love the weather uh, more than anything. I think I've gotten used to the humidity pretty well. It's not too bad. And I love it during the winter. I like it when it's jacket weather in Florida. That's like prime, prime time living. Oh, absolutely. When it's 70s in Florida, that is when we are absolutely thriving. As far as, so pros, again, Disney, theme parks, having that kind of in our backyard as our hobby has been the biggest pro for sure. Cons. I thought of one earlier, which now that I I thought about it some more, and I'm not even sure if it makes sense, but the reputation that Florida has Hmm. is sometimes a little much from the outside. Like I don't really personally get offended because I'm not from here. But we could be. What do you mean? Like if we live here long enough. Yeah. So, but we're still going to be transplants. 
always. But, you know, thinking back, Tennessee, it's not like people rave about Tennessee. And then I started thinking of every state. It's like kind of <laughs> every state has negative things that people say about it. But Florida is kind of the butt end of a lot of jokes. I don't really care. There's some truth into everything, but I like where I'm at and I like going to Disney. I can only really think of one other con, which is, again, it's silly, but in Tennessee, like for presidential elections, and this is not leaning one way politically or another, we wouldn't really get any advertisements or anything because people knew which direction Tennessee was voting. Florida being a battle state, I feel like we were just bombarded with political stuff, which very important elections. Like I get it, but it's just something that we had to adjust to, I think. Yeah. I mean, it was just a very different experience than what we ever had in Tennessee, like you mentioned. And it was, I mean, it was kind of fun to be a part of just knowing that it was different, that and you truly could, didn't know which way the state was going to go. And we and it felt like we had more responsibility to like know what we were doing mm-hmm. because we felt like we had more influence. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. So I guess it's a pro and a con. Yeah. Depending on how you look at it. Um, I guess the last pro that I have is I just feel like being down here in Florida with the podcast and everything that we've been doing. I just feel like we're able to do so much more because we're constantly here. I just feel like it's easier for us to keep up with everything. It's easier for us to try things. Whenever we do our storytelling series, it's fun for us to go ride the rides that we're talking about and look for things or experience it, you know, as we talk about it. And I feel like it's given us a different perspective on everything. Next question is, if I move to Florida, can my husband and I be your best friends? Yes. Absolutely. Now taking, I I can't even say applications because everybody's accepted. So, yes. And our last question, unless we think of some others off the top of our heads, what, what has been your favorite memory from this past year? Oh, my goodness. Um, I feel like there's so many. Something that stands out to me. Being a dog mom, our dogs have never had a fence before until we moved here to Florida. So I think one of the most exciting things was when we first got our fence and our dogs, we were able to just release them into the backyard and they had the best zoomies and they loved it. And I felt like moving here, we gave them something that we were not able to give them in Tennessee. It was funny, though, because Louie's just, like, running rampant, and Loki's, like, looking at us, like, are you sure it's okay? (laughs) Can I run? And then, of course, eventually she did, and they were mauling each other all over the backyard and playing, like, the heathens that they are. But it was so much fun. And then Hooper got to come visit. And those were fun memories. Another good one was Velocicoaster. Our very first opening to something that we got to experience. And I mean, I do 1000% believe that we only got to experience that and do that because we were here. Because if we were not here, one, we wouldn't be Universal Studios 
pass holders. And two, we would have been in school. I wouldn't have been here in Orlando. So those two things kind of stand out. A couple things stand out for me. First one was Thanksgiving. It's our first kind of major holiday since moving down here. We had Halloween. We had Fourth of July. Oh, Fourth of July, we were actually at the beach. Yeah, we were with my parents. But uh, Thanksgiving, like you said, that was our first kind of solo holiday. And it was weird. And it was quite strange. But we just went to Disney Springs. We ate at the Edison. We came home. We watched the recording of the parade. And that was our, we called our families. And that was our Thanksgiving. And I think that was a very, you know, not that I want to be apart from our families from for holidays going forward, but I did think that was very symbolic of this is a new chapter. And it kind of hit it home, I think. Any other particularly good memories? Um, I feel like I had something in mind, but now I can't remember. I think the very, this was very, very early after we moved here. The first time we saw Mickey was. Mm. That was a good one, of course. I know you cried. Of course I cried. I cried before I even saw Mickey. I think I cried seeing like Winnie the Pooh or something. Because I was just so happy to see someone. Lots of tears. But I think those are some good memories and we're constantly creating new ones, I think. Yeah. Any other thoughts that you have as we wrap up this 10-part Moving Diary series? Oh, my gosh. I honestly just can't believe it. It's kind of hard to think back to one year ago when we almost just blindly walked into everything and we didn't know what was going to happen. We weren't quite sure when the parks were going to reopen or what things were even going to look like. We were basically just hoping that everything that we wanted was going to come to fruition. And I mean, I guess a year later it kind of has. So it's a nice feeling to know that we made the right decision for us because obviously this past year could have gone in two very different directions. We could have hated it or we could have loved it. And we do know people who've moved down here, didn't like it, moved back. Yeah. And I think we just came to the realization that we wouldn't know if we were those people unless we tried it. That was the only way that we could really truly find out. So I've had a blast this past year. We're probably going to put a pause on our moving diaries. But our idea is, is that we know so many of you and so many of our friends and so many people that we've met are in the process or they've just moved down to Florida And so we think that we would like to continue this Moving Diary series with people like you, people out there who are going through this same process that we have been through in the past. Maybe, you know, down the road we can do roundtables of people at different points. No, I'm two years in, I'm two months in, I'm two days in, whatever (laughs) it might be, to talk to those people. And because I do think it's a very interesting transition. This is a subset of a subset of people 
who are moving states for a theme park. It's crazy. I don't think we can deny that it's insanity. And it's something that a lot of other people don't understand. But for our people and people like you, you do understand it. So I think we are going to look forward to trying to set those up in the future. If you are someone like that, reach out to us and we can get the ball rolling and get some ideas about how we can put those episodes together. For those of you who we know are moving down, we will be reaching out to you soon. We will be in contact. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had a blast doing this series. This is probably my favorite series that we've ever done. I think it'll be fun later down the line, you know, maybe when we are two or three or five years in to be able to listen back and hear some of those details about the move or those funny stories about you getting stuck in your car on the ramp (laughs) after driving it up and just being able to kind of look back at everything that we did to get us to this point. We thank you guys as a listener for supporting us along this entire way. We've received so many encouraging messages or people checking in or inquiring about this. And it's been so humbling to know that you guys are invested in our lives. Truly something that I don't think we ever anticipated would happen. And it is overwhelming, but it's a great sense of you know comfort and love that we feel. Yeah. So thank you guys so much listening to all 10 installments of the Moving Diary series. We will be back on Monday with a trip report. Another thing that we're trying to bring back with our friend Hannah and Clayton. And then next Thursday will be part one. You heard that right. Part one of a Pirates of the Caribbean storytelling series. So we're super excited for that. Lots of good things coming. So thanks for listening. If you're looking for a good way to help us out, an iTunes review is always the best way to help us reach new listeners. So thanks for listening and have a great week. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.